0: The phrase most often repeated at Grandmom Jenny's house on Thanksgiving was the phrase mandri, mandri, which is Italian for eat, eat. My grandmother wasn't asking us to eat. She was passionately inviting us to eat, really telling us to eat. And my Grandmom Jenny offered a part of herself at every meal but especially the Thanksgiving meal. Uh, She would start shopping for the Thanksgiving food seven days before the holiday. Three days before Thanksgiving, she uh, was preparing the food, just prepping it. The day before Thanksgiving, she was setting the table. And then on Thanksgiving morning at 4 a.m., she woke up to stuff that bird in the oven. And she paid for the entire meal all by herself. And that was a big deal for her because my grandmother had a hard time making financial ends meet, especially since my grandfather, uh, Lenny Lucchetti, who I'm named after, died in his 50s from Lou Gehrig's disease. And she worked uh, at a restaurant to make ends meet, my uncle's restaurant, and she was a cook. So all week long, she cooked for strangers in a hot kitchen. And now on her day off, Thanksgiving Day, she's cooking for 15 people she loved and i could i could taste her sacrificial love in every bite i took every bite of the brinjales the stuffed green olives the italian soup with the little meatballs that she hand rolled all by herself i could taste her sacrificial love in the lasagna the potatoes the beans and the turkey and i remember at the end of the day she was exhausted <laughs> Uh, after cooking that meal all by herself, pretty much, for 15 of us. And she would lie on the sofa and pass out (laughs) while watching her favorite shows, Wheel of Fortune, Murder, She Wrote, and Magnum P.I. Remember those? (laughs) She offered a part of herself in that Thanksgiving meal. And we loved her for it. Jesus... At this table of thanksgiving, offered not just a part of himself. He offered all of himself. He is present in every single bite of this meal. He is here now with us. He would never invite us to a table where he himself was not present. He is here. Now, I don't know if you believe in transubstantiation, that Jesus is physically in the bread and the cup, or if you believe in consubstantiation, that he is physically present alongside of the bread and cup. Or if you believe in whatever substantiation, I don't care. All I know is that at this meal, this Thanksgiving table, Jesus is present. He is here. He is in it somehow, some way. We call the Lord's Supper communion. We also call it a, a Eucharist which is the Greek word for thanksgiving. Because when Jesus took the bread, he gave thanks. He took the cup, he gave thanks. And when we take the bread and the cup, we too give thanks. And Jesus didn't just shop for this meal seven days before. He didn't just wake up at 4 a.m. to you know, cook the bread and prepare the cup. This meal, as ordinary as it seems, took him 33 years to make. And it cost him a lot. And we could taste his sacrificial love in every bite. Here's what it cost Jesus to prepare this meal. Uh, The Apostle Paul tells us in Philippians 2 what it cost. Jesus is God, but did not consider equality with God something to be held on to, but he made himself a human. As a human, he became a humble servant. As a servant, he died like a criminal on a cross. You don't get much lower than that. They put a crown of thorns on his head. They slapped him and spit on him. They pulled out his beard. They stripped him naked to mock him. And then finally nailed his hands and feet to a wooden beam. That's what it cost him to prepare this meal for us. He didn't just give a part of himself. He gave all of himself. And we love him for it. Grandma Jenny uh, made sure that there was room at the table for everyone. Everyone had a seat. All were welcome. Uh, the, the young and the old were welcome at her table. The, the wide and the narrow were welcome at her table. The, the short and the tall were welcome at, his table, at her table. Uh, and all of us were short because we're all Italian. I'm like the tallest in my family, believe it or not. So there was a lot of room at the table for short people like me. And this was a big deal to make sure everybody could fit around the table because my grandmother lived in a small urban townhouse in Philadelphia. Uh, and the kitchen, no exaggeration, the kitchen where we ate the uh, 15 of us ate in the kitchen and it was smaller than my office in the church. Um, somehow, someway, she made space, a seat at the table for everyone. And that was a big deal. All of us felt welcome. All of us felt equally loved. None of us felt excluded. We didn't put the kids on the floor or the older adults in the living room. Everybody had a seat at the table. Jesus Christ. Make sure that every person has a seat at his table of thanksgiving. Everyone. No one is excluded from his table. Uh, he says, Take and eat, all of you. Take and drink, all of you. Now, there are some well intentioned people who believe that Christ offered his body and blood to a select or elect few. But according to my reading of Scripture, Jesus includes everyone in the invitation to partake of this meal. Listen to what the Bible says. Jesus died once for all. The just for the unjust to bring us to God. Christ died for all so that those of us who live should no longer live for ourselves but for him who died for us and rose again. Jesus says, come to me all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take and eat, all of you. There is room at the table for all. For fishermen like Peter and Andrew, for political zealots like Simon, for tax-collecting traitors like Matthew, and for two-faced betrayers like Judas. There is room at the table of Christ's feast for black, white, brown, yellow, and red people. There is room at the table for gray heads and peach fuzz, mohawks and afros, and those with no hair at all are welcome at the table. There is room at this table for any of us who have shame and regret, sin and struggle, and idiosyncrasies. There's room at the table for all. I remember being in an in a internet chat room, a new age internet chat room years ago. And they were talking about world religion, so I wanted to throw a monkey wrench in there. I said, what do you guys think of Christianity? And somebody responded, an exclusive bunch, aren't they? Insinuating that Christians are exclusive, that we draw lines in the sand And now maybe that's true, that sometimes the church is exclusive, but not Jesus. In a first century culture that excluded people because of their ethnicity, Jesus, a Jew, welcomed at his table Samaritans and Gentiles. In a first century culture that excluded women from being his disciples, Jesus included women as his disciples, now, you may not feel like you're worthy to sit at this table. Who does? <laughs> but make no mistake about it. You are welcome and you are wanted by Jesus Christ the King. And that's all that matters. At the end of the Thanksgiving meal, my dad would whisper in my ear Len, go give grandma a big hug and a kiss and say thank you. And I did. What do you do in response to a meal this extravagant? You can't earn it. You can't pay it back. The only way to respond to this meal, this extravagant, this expense of the body and the blood of Christ, the only way to respond is to say with our lips and with our life. Thank you. That's what the Eucharistic life is about. It's about gratitude. I know that life has thrown a few jello molds at some of you recently. Life is not lasagna all the time. I wish it was. It's not. Life hurts. We have financial, emotional, physical, relational, and spiritual hurts. Life hurts. But this morning at this table of Thanksgiving, we're going to cast aside grumbling, and we're going to pick up gratitude because we remember that this meal, this day, is only a foreshadowing of an eternal Thanksgiving feast to come. That there is an eternal banquet in heaven where Christ the King, our host, will be present, and on that day for eternity, we will get to feast in full on all of our favorite foods. Advent foods, hope, joy, love, peace forever and on that day christ the king will be present and he will wipe every tear from our eyes and there will be no more death no more mourning no more crying no more pain for the old order of things has passed away he says i am making all things new and he starts making all things new here and now through this feast He does something new to us and he does something new through us when we partake. The church should be known not for grudge holding and gluttony and greed or grumbling. (laughs) The church of Jesus Christ should be known for gratitude we should be the most thankful people in the world. Why? Because Christ gave all of himself to all of us. Thanks be to God. On the night that Jesus Christ was betrayed, meeting with his disciples in the upper room, he took bread. He gave thanks to the Father in heaven for the bread, and then he passed it to his disciples and said, take and eat this, all of you. This bread represents my body, which is broken for you. As often as you eat it, do so in remembrance of my love for you. And on that same night, Jesus took the cup. Again, he gave thanks to the Father in heaven for the cup, and he passed it to his disciples and said, take and drink this, all of you. This cup represents the blood of a new covenant. My blood, which is poured out for the forgiveness of many sins. As often as you drink it, do so in remembrance of my love for you. Now we're getting all confused because yeah, we, 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 have, we have Grace House over here and over there. You're confusing me, guys. We're all I'm easily confused. I'm easily confused. Uh, by the time I was 13 years old... Uh, I realized both of my parents were battling a heroin addiction. By the time I was uh, 16, I was uh, an alcoholic getting drunk probably three or four nights a week to escape the shame and the pain of my parents' addiction. By the time I was 17, uh, I had to decide on either getting drunk or going to school, and one of them had to go, so I, I dropped out of high school in my junior year. At about the same time, yeah, good choice. At about the same time, um, I initiated a fight uh, for no other reason except that I was drunk and bored and got stabbed. Uh, A knife went four inches into my side and collapsed my lung, and I nearly died, but I was already dead on the inside anyway. At the age of 18, Jesus Christ, the ultimate recovery program, swooped into my life and saved me. And you
1: know, the,
0: ultimate recovery program. the ultimate, and he swooped into my parents' lives, and he saved them too. Miracle! And you want to know how he did it? He did it through Christ-centered addiction recovery program, like the Rescue Mission, and Grace House. He did it through passionate, Christ-loving servant leaders like Tony and Carmen. That's how he did it. I'm so glad you guys are here today. Thank you for taking time to be with the Lakeview Wesleyan Church family. Uh, We love what you're doing. We didn't want to just have you share for a minute or bring your materials. We wanted to feature how God is using your ministries and have some of your guys, Christopher, right, Chris, and James come on up as well. So uh, as you know, um, there's an opioid crisis all over the country, but in Grant County too. I don't know if you know that. And uh, a lot going on, a lot of crime associated with it. And so I, I want to start with you, Carmen. How, how, what is, what is, how is God using the rescue mission to, to deal with the opioid crisis, the addiction crisis in Grant County? Um, microphone over there somewhere oh hey there's a mic there guys can pass it hi
2: <laughs> good morning um man okay so these two commandments that you guys in your beautiful church here that you have written on the walls behind me here uh the opioid crisis i i gotta be honest with you i got 20 guys here right now from the life change program raise your hand guys raise your hands First, There's 20 guys right now, and I can, say, I can say without a shadow of a doubt, it's not just opiates. It's alcohol, and it's methamphetamine, and it's prescription pills, and, and basically what it boils down to is it's masking in, in internal pain, um, and it's sin. You know, they're living in sin, but uh, uh, our motto at the Grand County Rescue Mission is offering life-changing hope through the restoring power of Jesus Christ, and we firmly believe that if he can raise Lazarus from the dead, then he can raise yeah. us from the pits of our despair. And uh, we have an eight-month-long faith-based addiction recovery program, a residential program that's structured. As each phase goes on, it gets more difficult. And the point of the program is to give them a safe environment to build a healthy relationship with God, to build new healthy relationships with people just like you out in the community that come alongside them, that mentor them, because it took a whole team of people to get them where they are now. Every drug dealer they contacted, every questionable person that they put in their path. And it's gonna take a whole team of people to get them out. I myself am a product of the Life Change Program in California many years back. Uh, I was broken, on the curb, detoxing, and it took people coming alongside of me and speaking life into me and loving me who didn't owe me anything. They were just following Christ's example, and uh, that's what saved my life and put me on the path that I'm on. Um, currently, like I said, we have 20 gentlemen in our life change program. We have 24 beds total, so we have four available beds. Uh, quickly through the community here in grant county and the neighboring counties word is getting out that we have a successful program uh our program is structured in such a way that It deals with every, we tried to, had it well encompassed, where it deals with everything that these gentlemen could be going through, whether it was physical abuse as a child, or uh, they have an anger issue, or, and then we offer them classes like relapse prevention and taking action, and then we have a 33 series, which is modeled around Jesus being our ultimate model, and then being able to walk it out in his footsteps, but most importantly, I, like I started, I see these, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your mind, and then love your neighbor as yourself. Those are his two commandments because he says if you do those two things, there's nothing that can't stop you. So we see people from the community uh, most recently, Lakeview Wesleyan and New Life Community Church and uh, Center Chapel Community Church that want to walk that out. And they're putting, they're pouring love into these guys. These guys, when they come through our doors, they have like no value in their lives whatsoever. They think that they, that they have no value. And then people like yourselves or others come alongside them and tell them different and then they start to believe that for themselves and start to believe that they can have a future.
0: So. Yeah, thank you. It's awesome what you're doing. So a microphone over there for Chris and Tony. So Tony, uh, tell us a little bit about, uh, again, related to that same question, what, what are you guys doing at Grace House Recovery Program to, to help guys battle addiction?
1: Basically, the answer is whatever we can. Um, as Carmen had pointed out, what, what we're finding is when men come into programs like this, zero self-worth. They've been kicked, they've been ran over, they've made bad decisions, which has contributed to a lot of that, actually. Um, But at the same time, I would say that more times than not, what I get is a human being who is feeling less than human. So we do everything that we can to address, as you said, the ultimate recovery program is Jesus Christ. Um, I myself would not be sober today if it were not for giving my life over to a a cause greater than myself. Because let's let's just break this down for a minute. As Carmen kind of hit on, really, it's not even so much a drug and alcohol issue that we deal with as it is a broken people kind of an (laughs) issue. Um, you know we see a lot of trauma anymore Um, things that you might not even at the time think have caused trauma we tend to carry that with us for a very very long time Um, in the cases of the men that we see especially Mm -hmm. um, it's just kind of stuck with them it's become ingrained in them so being compassionate and being loving, which, you know, thank you to the Lakeview Church family for even including us and the Rescue Mission in this. I know Carmen and myself spend a great deal of time trying to share a little bit about what it is we're, we're looking to do uh, with the mission program and with the Grace House program. We're on the same team. Um, you know, a lot of what they do is similar to what we do. It all begins with a faith-based mission, though. In all fairness, my guys might disagree with that some days, especially about 630 in the morning when I'm forcing them to get up for devotion every day. Um, you will not have a meaningful long term recovery, um, a, a remission, if you will, in drug and alcohol addiction without a love of Christ and without a pursuit of what Christ can do for your life and what you can do to glorify God.
0: Mm-hmm. Thanks for that. Let's start with Chris. So Chris, tell us about uh, the difference Christ is making through the Grace House recovery program in your life.
3: Well, it opened a pretty big door for me. Uh, it's given me certain structures, certain tools. It's allowed me to start my life in a better setting, you know, a uh, there is classes and things that I've taken, and it's it's allowed me to grow a little stronger. I have certain brothers I never thought I would. And, I mean, I'm able to have a fellowship, you know, uh, foundations that I kind of grew away from my Heavenly Father, you know, and it's allowed me to get closer to Him as well. You know, there's so many structures that I can talk about, but the most important thing is having a place that allows you to move further along, that doesn't really bring you down. It keeps you fundamentally stepping in the right directions.
0: Thank you for that, Chris. How long have you been in the program? Yeah, go ahead, give him a hand.
3: 2017, late 2017, and I'm not in the Grace House now, but I continue to still come, and you know, I want to come more, but, you know, certain things keep me from doing that.
0: So part of your recovery and just becoming a whole person is, is giving back and, and serving the brothers there, yeah?
3: Yeah, I want to do more than what I'm doing, but uh, certain times just don't work well with work, and, yeah, uh, it's something I don't
0: want to really let go of, yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for being here, brother. appreciate you. Let's go to James. James, tell us about uh, how God has used the rescue mission in your life.
4: So, um, just in so many different ways, I think, um, uh, the awesome part is they caught me in a transition where I was really, um, at the end of myself through, um, alcohol and drug abuse, and, um. They provided me with an opportunity to have a place to, like Carmen said, a safe environment. that was free of drugs and alcohol as I was coming off that stuff. They provided me with a meal and a place to stay. And then, um, through a relapse, put me in the program and, um, just allowed the opportunity for God to really move in my life and really intervene in a lot of areas of my life and cause healing to happen. And, um. Just give me understanding of him and who I am through him, because we can say we have an opioid crisis or alcoholic crisis. But what we have is a sin crisis, which is fostered by a relationship crisis between Mm -hmm. people and and God. And for so long in my life, I felt like I wasn't good enough in the sight of God And um, through just having the time away from drugs and that lifestyle and being in a sober living environment full of Jesus gained an understanding that I was always worth it. I just had to choose to do something else and receive that love and foster that love forward to other people. So, um, yeah, it's just so many good things. Um, they just provide you with an opportunity to really come out of that lifestyle and give you an honest try at walking away from that, you know? And, um, when I first came there, it was like the worst place you could ever be. Like, I've been in and out of jail and prison my whole life, and I was just like, I'm at a rescue mission. This is horrible. And now I'm in the same place a year later. But it's it's not the pits. It's a handout for the step out of the pits so that people can come out of that lifestyle and really start walking in the life that God died on the cross for us to have.
3: Mm,
2: yeah. 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 I really, I, I really got to point something out here. The gentleman that just spoke, James to the right of me here, uh, when he first came to us, he was in a drug-induced psychosis. Uh, had been using methamphetamine for so long and stayed up for so long with no nutrients in his body that his mind was warped, and he was having conversations with himself, talking to people that weren't there, and uh, you really could not have a lucid conversation with him. Um, When people come through our doors like that, of course, you try to be as loving and patient, as kind as possible. But you have to deal with everybody, you know, on a a case by case. And there was times, I think in the beginning there, where even some of my staff wanted to give up. You know, but that's when God gives you your discernment, you know, and God told me no. And uh, here recently, James here has graduated our life change program. Not only has he graduated, I can see he's so fervent for the Lord. And he can speak such life into the brothers that I've given him a job we are working for us in the shelter. And this is for this is the same guy that you couldn't have a conversation with a year ago. So if you, don't want, to, if you want to talk about the transformation, the transforming power of God in Jesus Christ, I mean, he's a walking testament to that.
0: Only Jesus. Nice. Only Jesus. He can part the Red Sea. He can give sight to the blind. He can make uh, the lame walk again. He can put you in your right mind and use you for his glory. And I love what he's up to in your life, James. We... Uh, a couple of us spent a, a day with uh, James and Carmen not long ago, and man, we came away inspired. Uh, we spent time at the Grace House, came away inspired, so thank you for all you're doing. You have a captive audience of people who love you and care about the community and want to be a part of what God's up to in, in the life of the community, in terms of helping the community. So uh, start with you, Carmen. What, 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 what can the Lakeview Wesleyan Church do to partner with the Rescue Mission to help you accomplish the purposes of God?
2: You know what? Ministry is ministry and the gospel is the gospel. Right. And uh, you guys should be praying, you know, first and foremost, for your leadership team, your staff, your volunteers, for your congregation, for each other. Right. And, and so I guess first and foremost, what what we need is a ministry. We need your prayer um, for our leadership team, for our staff. For our residents that are coming through, the 20 gentlemen that just raised their hands, they all have something that they're going through that's different, you know, and they're going to have to allow Jesus into their hearts and they're going to have to walk that out with Christ, right? And they're going to need the strength, the perseverance, the peace that surpasses all understanding to be able to do that, right? So your prayers. And yeah. Um, we're a non-profit, and uh, I don't know if you're aware of this, but in 2019, the population of Grant County went down 5%, and the population of nonprofits rose 12%. Hmm. So there's a minimal amount of dollars out there, and uh, we don't get any government funding because we take pride in the fact that we can preach Jesus Christ openly and talk about him when we want to, how we want to, and we don't want anybody to ever put like a stipend or a stifle on that, and it's just it's not what we're about. So, I mean, there's always, we always could use monetary donations, and then, of course, if you're feeling led to volunteer, you can come onto our website at mygcrm.org, or you could come on down to our location there on Gallatin Street, or make a phone call to our Director of Development, Leanna Smith, and set up a time to come in and meet and see where we could pair you with volunteering. Uh, I mean, this is the holiday season, and everybody's in the giving mood, you know, so everybody wants yeah. to volunteer. Uh, I would say... I would say anything along those lines, right, is a great support. But first and foremost, just, I mean, I spent 20 years out of my addiction with a needle in my arm, and I truly believe that I'm alive today, and while some of my friends aren't, because my mom prayed for me every single day. And I feel like the rescue mission has been open since 1985, and they've hit some lows. And right now, I feel like we're coming back up onto a mountaintop from the valley. You know, I feel like we're coming back up. And I honestly, truly believe it's because of people in the community just like you and all the neighboring churches, because it's not just this building, it's the believers of Christ coming together and using the power of prayer to lift us up because they see what we're doing can produce life change. I mean, mm-hmm. it can, its it, happening. lives restored.
0: Yeah, thank you, thank, thank you. Me. Tony, captive audience, uh, how, can, how can the Lakeview Wesleyan Church partner with you in doing what you're doing to serve God?
1: This is the part of my job I don't like the most, I think, or maybe the second part of it I don't like the most. I hate turning people away because we don't have beds. Um, Knowing that you have four that are open, I'll be calling you Monday morning. Uh, What can you do to help? Boy, you know, if I had a dollar for every time I've been asked that question lately, I would not have much of a need. Um, For those of you who have children, if you have a busy household... Uh, Carmen's got 24 mouths I've got 11 that we're trying to keep a roof over their head we're trying to keep lights on we're trying to pay staff we're trying to feed men trying to make sure that we have enough supplies that we can clean so to get the, the obvious um, you know, plug out of the way we need all kinds of help in terms of hygiene food items um, towels etc cleaning products I've left a needs list with Lenny If anyone is moved enough that they want to contribute, I'm going to leave that right there. Now, to get back to the meat and potatoes of this, don't give up, okay? Because this guy right here was probably betting that every single person he knew was ready to give up on him. Am I wrong? (laughs) I had most of the people in my life gave up on me too. A little bit about myself, and I know just looking through this, this audience today, I know there are a few of you that know me. Uh, I was as bad an alcoholic as you'll ever meet. Uh, my drinking is the, the stuff of penal lore still in the Grant County courts to this day. Not something I'm very proud of. But I am proud to be able to say that I am one of a very small number of people that have actually managed to come in and work a program of recovery that has gotten long-term meaningful recovery from that. Okay. Mm-hmm. The bottom line is Grant County Rescue Mission's program works. Okay. Make no mistake about that. The Grace House program works. We need more programs like that. Mm-hmm. We need people to say, this is my backyard. I am somewhat responsible and beholden to help my fellow man. We cannot do this without support. Okay. My own personal life right now, my better half is at home upset with me because of the amount of time that I invest into that house and into these guys. That's a problem all in and of itself. I'm in recovery, my life is not perfect, okay? Don't wanna make it sound like it is. She understands what it is that I'm about. And I don't know about Carmen, but I, I can tell you even though I am not on the clock a lot of times, I take my work home with me every day, okay? I am never going to stop a conversation with someone who wants to know about the house. I am never going to walk away from a conversation with anyone That wants to ask me about my guys, what it means to be in recovery, and what it's like to be, as you put it, dead inside from my addiction. Um, I, I was prepared to throw everything away. And I thank God every single day of my life that people stayed by my side. Because I could have just as easily been out there on my own still. And I tried to do it that way for the longest time. And guess what? It did not work. Okay? I learned two things. There is a God, and I am not him. That I know inequivocably for a fact, okay? I've also learned that in order to get through that darkness and back into the light, you need to have faith in God. You cannot do this by yourself, fellas. As much as you might think you can, I'm here to tell you it's not going to happen. So what can you do to help support us? You can do what you're doing today. You can invite us into your life. You can offer a few kind words, uh, a pat on the back, anything to make these men feel like what they're doing is important because it's it's very hard. And that kind of effort from James, from Chris, from my guys, from the other guys, from the mission that are here, that kind of of effort not only demands your attention, it ought to command your respect as well, Mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. What they're doing is incredibly difficult. It doesn't get any easier, really, till you've been at it for quite a while. So, just be compassionate and be loving. That's really the the biggest thing that I can ask of you. So, thank thank you. you. Thanks for that.
0: Uh, one of the ways we get to uh, contribute to their ministry is because of your generous giving. We're able to uh, to give a check. Uh, it's not a million dollars. I'll just tell you right now, it's not a million, and you, you probably can't even take your wife on a cruise with it. But This looks like uh, <laughs> we're going to have to be at work
1: on Monday, huh?
0: So uh, this this is just a, a small token of our support of your ministry. You, we, we appreciate you. Appreciate Wendy, your brother. Thank you, brother. And
1: everything's uh...
3: going
1: As if recovery is not humbling enough, okay? This kind of a gesture is very humbling, and on behalf of myself and all of the men, we thank you from the bottom of our heart for your loving support of this mission, the Grant County Rescue Mission, the Grace House, and the guys. Thank you. Thank you.